0: Welcome back, everyone! We have not been here since last year. It feels weird, bro. It feels like it's been forever. It's 2021. We're here, and what a way to start off the year! Black Monday was earlier this week. Uh, super Wild Card Weekend is this Sunday. A lot of things to jump into and talk about.
1: Yeah, it's going to be great. The playoffs are coming up this weekend. The NBA is in full swing. MLB is going to be back soon. We have a lot of things to talk about. 2021 is going to be our year. I'm going to call it right now.
0: 2021, we're back. This is the Takes on Tap show. Let's dive in. not get out the park Louisville Slugger got a chick wearing crop top nothing else on her drop a gear speed and pass finish first burn rubber get your girl off of me bro no I don't want her don't be talking shit. Welcome in guys it's 2021 it's a new year and yes that lovely song you just heard was Louisville Slugger by desolate go ahead check out desolate on instagram at official desolate he's on Spotify, Apple music YouTube description is in the show notes. Louisville Slugger by Desolate.
1: That's a great one right there. Great way to start off the year.
0: It's a banger. And speaking of bangers, Black Monday was earlier this week. Let's talk about the aftermath. Uh, Adam Gase is finally gone. No longer the head coach in the New York Jets. Doug Marone, even though the Jaguars were super competitive with him, he's gone. Anthony Lynn, coach of the Chargers, he is gone. Mm -hmm. Texans are without a coach. The Falcons are without a coach as well, and don't forget about the Detroit Lions. But a big question after the Sunday night football game, should Doug Peterson be gone? That's a big question. So obviously
1: the biggest news that happened over the weekend was not the formation of the playoffs as we know it. It was Doug Peterson's blatant mishandling of how he finished the game against the Washington football team on Sunday night. So uh, as we all know. Doug Peterson decided in the fourth quarter he was going to take out his rookie quarterback, Jalen Hurts, in favor of his third-string backup just because he needed reps. That, of course, was a sign to everyone in the NFL, players, coaches, GMs, fans, that Doug Peterson was throwing in the towel on the season. I can't even believe that he lasted the rest of that game. The players, I, I've, I haven't heard one player both in, in the Eagles organization and out. I haven't heard one player that said that they supported this move. I don't know how you feel about this, but that was, to me, Doug Peterson I don't think is a bad coach. I, I, I think he's definitely had some some problems with Carson Wentz. Maybe they just didn't mesh. That's fine. Maybe him and Jalen Hurts would have meshed, but he has to be gone after this. That is a that That's how you get all of your players against you, and I'm sorry, but that's how I want to open the show today. <laughs>
0: Yeah, well, so when I first saw everything go down on Sunday night, immediately I'm saying, man, Doug Peterson should be fired. Get this guy out of the building. After things digested, I think to myself, you know what? This doesn't seem reasonable. I think that this was orchestrated from the top down, all right? He's already got, like, what, four wins on the year? He doesn't have very much leverage. Let me tell you, it's a meaningless game for the Eagles. If the Eagles won that game, they'd go from, I believe, the number six draft pick all the way up to 11, alright? Howie Roseman, Jeffrey Lurie, they th- I think they orchestrated that. Uh, now, also, Nate Su- Nate Sudfeld, alright, in 2017, actually broke an NFL record for completions, alright? He was, I believe, 17 for 21 in his uh, debut, you can say. Nate Sudfeld. So, he obviously wasn't horrible. I believe Jalen Hurts is much better. But you're trying to win he games. He is the future. You're, you're right.
1: You're trying to win games. Players are there. Every single player on that roster is trying to play their hardest from week 1 to week 17. It doesn't matter what the situation is, they don't care. They're trying to win games. It it doesn't matter that it was orchestrated from the top. Doug Peterson is a coach, he's a former player, he should know these things. He needs to know that, yes, players are trying to win from the beginning to the end. It doesn't matter the situation. Players don't care about a draft pick. They don't care about anything else they want to win. And Doug Peterson should know, if he made that decision and he ended up doing... That's going to fracture the locker room, and he did exactly
0: that. One hundred percent. But when you got four wins, you don't have very much leverage. I believe Doug Peterson wants to keep his job. So you think he was playing for his job there? I that think was- he was playing for his job. You listen to the general manager. You listen to the owner. You get the number six pick. But if and the players you do don't want to play, what is asked of you? I don't agree with the move at all. I hated it. All I right. thought it was stupid. But I think there's something larger to that. I, I obviously think that Doug Peterson lied to us all, saying that you know, it was a plan and he wasn't trying to lose. Look at the press conference. Take a look at it with, you, with your own eyes. He, he was obviously lying. He's not a very good actor. Not like me. You know, oh. I'm a great actor, award-winning comedic actor in Miami-Dade County. You are a supporting comedic actor.
1: But hey it's, okay. hey,
0: it's okay. It's okay. It's an award more than me. Back so. to the point. <laughs> um, I, I think I want to talk about the Giants fans. They are very upset. And I guess you have a reason to be upset, you know. You weren't given the fairest chance in the world. But also, your team had six wins. I don't want to talk about this too much because the season's over. But let me just say, New York Giants fan from a Jets fan, get over it. Stop crying. Stop crying. You had six wins. Ten losses. Ten losses. A ten-loss football team does
1: not deserve to be in the playoffs. Look, I can make a case for the Washington Football Team, who did end up make the playoffs with seven and nine. They have I Alex they, Smith. He broke his. Look, leg. they're a sound football team on the defensive side of the ball. They are number two. and We're going to get into this, but they're second in rush yards allowed. They're top fifteen in pass yards allowed. They have a really solid defense. Now their offense obviously is is not great at all. Alex Smith has been really inconsistent coming back from his injury. He's dealt with a couple so far this year. Um, so you can say all you want about how bad their offense is, whatever. They won the division. It doesn't matter what their record is. But look, the Giants. I, I could. I made the case about four or five weeks ago that the Giants were the best football team in their division. Ever since then, they've played so much worse than than before that point. They. I said to them, I said Washington was going to. I said Washington was going to win the division. But I said the Giants were a better football team. I remember saying that on the episode a few weeks ago. And I could not have been more wrong because the Giants played like. Horseshit, I'm sorry for my language, but they played like horseshit for the last five weeks of the season
0: Hey, Washington football team, go team, go But the season's over, stop your crying, look forward to April Let's talk about people getting fired, alright Adam Gase is gone, as a Jets fan, I'm happy for the organization I mean, I think think a lot of the hate needs to stop I mean, let's remember, these people lost their jobs they have families. He's also one of the best have, coaches,
1: and he's at the top percent of coaches in, in football in the world. Exactly. Let's, let's be clear.
0: They have houses. They have little kids. Little kids have to pick up their stuff and move, and they don't want and they don't know why dad is crying or mom is crying. Let's let let's calm down, guys. It's very gross what you guys are saying. I hear you. Vector talks Jets on Instagram. <laughs> You're a piece of shit. That guy is a stooge. But let's talk about Adam Gase real quick for some reason he's just living in my head big big chance here's my theory right? adam gase bill o'brien these two they're going to go to the nick saban rehabilitation for coaches down in tuscaloosa alabama adam gase i believe will be hired as the offensive coordinator for the alabama crimson Tide. and i'll tell you steve sarkeesian former oc he's gone over to texas adam gase and nick saban these two have a strong relationship. Nick Saban adores Adam Gase. He loves him. All right, go over to One Jets Drive on YouTube. First episode of two thousand nineteen. Nick Saban was on there. He loves Adam Gase, loves the guy. I would not be surprised if he goes over to college, becomes the OC, and they start winning games. That would be hilarious.
1: Look, I think I, I, I'm not going to discount Adam Gase's skill as a coach at all. I think that the Jets were badly mismanaged from their previous regime, their previous GM. Uh, they've started to turn around over the last couple of years, and I think that their success is definitely coming in the future, and whenever that's going to be. Adam Gase was put in a bad situation. He
0: did. Whoa, uh, it... whoa, whoa, whoa! He was whoa, put in whoa. a bad situation. I, when he no, I, I'm going to stop you right there. All right, all right. As a Jets fan, he was given a lot. He was given L'Avian Bell. He was given a young, a, a young second-year quarterback, Sam Darnold. Uh, he was given C.J. Mosley on the defensive side of the ball. He had Jamal Adams, Marcus May. He had pieces. The problem came. The problem came with execution. All right, execution. Bringing his friend Dowell Loggins over from Miami, they got nothing done. The defense did their part. They did for a little bit. Greg Williams was an issue. He was, but in two thousand nineteen, the offense was abysmal, absolutely abysmal, and the execution was not there. Is but was is that there. on Adam
1: Gase or is that on on the rest of the the, the coaching staff? I believe it's on Adam Gase. I, I do believe it. I,
0: I think it's on his So platform. my point is,
1: he was. I mean, he was. I don't think he was put in the best of I situations. I he had
0: too much on his plate. Some people cannot handle a lot of things at once. I think Adam Gase is one of those people. That's just what I think. Uh, I think he he had no reason to, to start 0-13. He had no, no reason to do that. You can't do that. Away from that. I'll say it right here. He's, he's going to Alabama. But yeah. away from that, right? Yeah. Doug Marone, he's gone. Yeah. anthony when He's gone. I have a level
1: of respect for a pairing between a first-year head coach and their quarterback. A, a, a quarterback and a coach in their first year together. Anthony Lynn and Justin Herbert were playing obviously together in their first year. Justin Herbert's a rookie quarterback. I have a hard time letting that coach go and letting them that coach get fired because it's their first year. You have no idea what's going to happen in that next year and the next year. I granted yes, Lynn has had a lot of problems play calling over the course of the season. The defense has been bad. Yeah, Justin Herbert though has been playing amazing. He's going to win Offensive Rookie of the Year, most likely. He's been the best quarterback in the draft class and through one year. So I have a hard time saying why. I have a hard time seeing why we need to break that up. Um, I, there is also a lot of talks about Zach Taylor maybe getting fired. I don't understand that move at all. Joe Burrow hasn't even played the season yet. But back to Anthony Lynn because he actually did get fired. Yes, he had a lot of play calling issues, but I would always give it one more year. If it happens again, fire him. You could even fire him in in the middle of the season. That's okay. But saying whatever happens in the first season, that's the the only chance that they get together. I don't really see, I don't don't really like that move. Yeah,
0: uh, I mean, just to compare, Sam Darnold had his coach fired in his first year. We know how that went. But I actually think the Chargers have a very attractive spot if you're a head coach. Because we're going to talk about the top uh, head coaches available, or at least our list, right? So this is my list. Here on our show. So we got Matt Campbell from Iowa State. This guy is a culture builder. Alright? Hundred percent. He's all about culture. He has fire. He's he's just igniting, igniting the players. He ignites the offense, ignites the defense. He has Brock Purdy as quarterback. He's not the greatest guy, but they win games and he's efficient. Imagine if Matt Campbell had a guy like Trevor Lawrence, if he goes to Jacksonville, or if he had Justin Herbert. That's is good uh now the speculation is that he might not leave iowa state he's a he's a homey guy he likes to stay loyal but if any nfl team can lure him away that's a win in my opinion matt campbell started at toledo turned a bad program into a winning one he goes to a two-win iowa state team turns bad program into the winners of the fiesta bowl all right he turns teams around that's that's
1: what he's been able to do throughout his entire college career if he do, I think he does get a shot in the NFL. I don't think it's going to be this year. I think he is pretty invested in what he's doing with, the, with Iowa State. Um, but if he does somehow get to the NFL, like you said, I think it's a very attractive job. I think he's a very attractive candidate.
0: Yeah. Uh, m- m- next guy on the list Joe Brady. Here's what I say with Joe Brady. When it comes to Joe Brady, it's only a matter of time. It's only a matter of time be- before some team gives him a shot, whether that's next year, the year after, or this year. It's only a matter of time before a team hires joe brady he's already been interviewed by the texans and the falcons my jets have not interviewed him i would like them to but joe brady you know he was only a graduate assistant four years ago at penn state he's had a crazy rise he's worked with sean payton he went to lsu won them a national championship because i think without joe brady they don't have that 15-0 year goes to carolina Granted, they did not do very well at all. They got four or five wins, but the offense was good. They they, they didn't competed, have the moments. They competed in Green Bay. Yeah. they and beat I, the crap out of Washington.
1: Didn't have Christian McCaffrey for most of the season either, so And they were
0: still productive. I, I like Joe there's Brady. A lot,
1: there's a lot of pieces there in Carolina. I think he did a great job there. Um, and if he gets a head coaching job, good for him. I Obviously, I'm on your side. I would like him to go to New York. I think that's a great option for him. Him pairing with Sam Darnold or whoever they get in the draft, we'll talk about that as yeah. that moves yeah. forward. But I think he, he's one of the more attractive coaching candidates, at least for me.
0: question with Joe Brady is, is he too young? Sean McVay was hired at 31. Joe Brady's 32. I don't think the age is a problem, but maybe experience is the problem, right? Because Sean McVay's grandfather was an NFL GM, right? Maybe Joe Brady needs to know everything about a team. I think he's ready. This question will be answered as time goes on. Next candidate, Brian Dable, offensive coordinator in Buffalo. He turned Josh Allen from a laughingstock into a star. Into a star. He's Brian awesome. Dable was there in 2017 when Alabama won the national championship. He was the offensive coordinator. He's been the O.C. at Buffalo since 2018, and he's turned around the development of Josh Allen. Can he do the same for a rookie quarterback or for another quarterback, such as maybe uh, Deshaun Watson? Maybe elevate him even more. Sam Darnold, elevate him even more. The question with Brian Dable and my concern is... I don't know if he can lead an entire team. Maybe he can captivate the offense, but my concern with Brian Dable was that he would have a co-coach, per se, where he would have a top-tier defensive coordinator handle that side of the ball.
1: And that's kind of what we saw with New York this year. Exactly. With Adam Gayston with the offense, Greg Williams with defense. As we saw, they butted heads a lot throughout the season. That just didn't end up working out. So it's definitely a question to, to bring up. But I think Brian Dable does – he I think he needs uh, another coordinator job before he gets a head coaching gig. But if he does get a gig this year um, at the top level, I wouldn't be all that surprised.
0: Yeah. We got many more, many more. All right, next. Don Martindale, defensive coordinator over in Baltimore. This guy, the Ravens, they've got a great defense. They've had a great defense forever, and he's been so good over the last couple of years being able to put this defense together. He takes every player, and he gives them an identity. I mean, you think of guys. How many defensive stars have come for Baltimore? So many. Marcus Peters, C.J. Mosley, Patrick Queen, first-rounder, playing out of his mind. For sure. He takes an old Kalias Campbell, and he, he looks like he's 26 again.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, Don Martindale would be a great fit for any team. Any team who needs a coach, I think Don Martindale would— really go in there even though he's a defensive guy i think he could really get into the skin of any player on a roster all right eric bianemy one of the one of the top tier ones right andy Reid's right hand man my concern with eric bianemy is that he doesn't call the plays he doesn't call the plays how much do you really know if you don't call plays
1: yeah and i think it, it does put it, it's a little bit interesting because last year eric bianemy was talked about as becoming the browns coach um, but obviously as we saw that that, was, that went to Kevin Stefanski, and so maybe there's something there that we're not seeing maybe the enemy doesn't have the experiences of play callers you just said and that could be the big difference but Beany deserves a shot. He's obviously has the credentials as an offensive coordinator because he just won a Super Bowl with the Chiefs. So he he's there's something there, but the play calling thing is a question.
0: Yeah, I, I think the right fit for Eric Beany would would to be to go to a team with already uh, a solid roster. I don't think Beany could be a team builder, right? In a situation such as going to the Jets or going to the Jaguars, even the Lions, I'd say. I think Beany would be a better fit in Houston, where he has a quarterback, he has a key piece on defense, J.J. Watt. Whitney Merciless
1: and and tackles leaders at Cunningham as well
0: yes and also he's on the left side he has Laramie Tunsell I think that would be a better fit for him rather than building a team from the ground up I just don't know if he can handle it I don't doubt any of these guys they're in the NFL for a reason of course it's just my speculation <laughs> I think the whole sports casting business is just a big guessing game and the key to it is who could have the best sounding guess of course yeah right, right.
1: whichever guess sounds the best He's probably going to be the one that most people agree with. Yeah, to, so.
0: I, I love the thought of Eric Bieniemy in in Atlanta. He's got Matt Ryan, Julio Jones yeah. on the offensive side there of the are, ball. Todd Gurley had a solid year. Let's talk about another candidate who the Falcons just interviewed, Todd Bowles.
1: Todd Bowles, Bowles. That, that's a name we haven't heard in a couple of years. But Defensive he, coordinator
0: in Tampa, yeah. former coach of the Jets. He got 10 wins his first year, and then it went all downhill from there. And that was the issue, right? Building the team. Todd Bowles was inherited with a very old veteran roster in his first year. He got 10 wins. After that, they got younger. They, they wanted to build the draft. Mind you, the general manager at the time in New York was not a very great drafter, <laughs> but it was a team-building situation, and Todd Bowles essentially failed. Would that be the concern with Eric Bietamie? Yeah, I, it's definitely a question. Exactly.
1: Um, I got one candidate for you who I think could be a fit, but there are some questions. My guy, uh, Matt Eberflus. Matt I don't Eberflus. know how you feel about this, but one of the things that we've been talking about on this list is culture builders. He is definitely, without a doubt, a culture builder. This Colts defense has, they just have a go out and get him attitude. Granted, the past defense has not been great the second half of the season, but one thing that you see across the entire rosters is these guys just go out and make plays. Darius Leonard is a maniac across the field. Justin Houston has a revitalizing career in Indianapolis. The secondary, Kenny Moore, has been playing great. Xavier Rhodes revitalized his career, and that's all thanks to Matt Eberflus. So the question is, can he command a whole team? We don't really know how he'd be able to do with the with an offense, say, of one of these teams. But I think that, that his his ability to build a culture is definitely there.
0: I like Matt Eberflus. I do. Uh, let me give a non-biased opinion. I think that the Jets hire may be good for the Jets. I don't know if it'd be good for Sam Darnold, but it'd be good for the Jets. For any team, really. I think Matt Eberflus can definitely get the job done. Uh, he's been in Indianapolis. Uh, when actually Josh McDaniels got hired, McDaniels brought him over. He left, he stayed, Frank Wright comes in, and the, the, the two really clicked. I like Matt Eberhus with any team out there, Lions, Falcons. Chargers, That could be a good one. I think it'd be good.
1: Once again, I think it's the same thing as you were talking about before, though. I think there's definitely a question is, can he actually build a team? So Jaguars, I don't really see that as a good fit because they just have so many questions on both sides of the ball. The Jets, I feel like, could work because they do actually already have some pieces. The Jaguars are a mess right now. I think out of any team in the NFL, they clearly have the worst roster. So it's going to be a question to see how that works if he if Iberflus somehow gets a job with, say, Jacksonville.
0: Yeah, real quick about Matt Iberflus, my favorite pairing with him would be uh, the Chargers because they do need help on defense. Yeah, and I, that would be great. Lots of help on defense.
1: Their offense has been clicking, clicking, but their defense has been the thing that's really given them up, in, which is why they've lost so many games this past year. Justin Herbert knows what he's doing. He played incredible. Yes, on defense, they don't have Derwin James, but still, I think Iberflus could be a good pick for them to be to
0: succeed Anthony Lynn at head coach. And you can't forget about Robert Sala.
1: Oh, not enough. Cannot can't forget play. about
0: Robert Sala. Don't don't sleep on the fact that the 49ers had an under 500 year. Their defense played good, they and they were missing a lot of pieces. Robert Sala, the players really get behind him. He had interviews with the Lions, the Falcons, and the Chargers. Yeah, That's what we know right now as we're filming... I like Robert Sala, what do you think man I
1: think he he would be definitely be a good fit the defense i I think it's one of the more underrated defenses in this league. Yes, it was extremely inconsistent, especially to begin the season, but Robert sala i wouldn't discount him as a guy who could really come in and, and try to build a team i I think the Falcons were really undermanned, especially in the secondary, and I think that that, that hurt his stock as um, that really hurt Sala's stock definitely but if he does come in and does get a gig at head coach this year, Salah could actually be the guy to, to really lead a franchise. But it, that's really a question for me. Can he really lead a team? It's going back to the same thing. Is he a guy that can come in to a Jacksonville or uh, Detroit and really build a roster, or does he really already need those pieces like the Chargers, like Houston already has, to be able to to, to not need as much
0: of Yeah, and I think the problems in in Los Angeles and in Houston was that Bill O'Brien and Anthony Lynn weren't doing as good of a job as motivating the players because the talent is there, but the execution wasn't. And I think Robert Sala, Matt Iberflus, a BNME, those guys can do that.
1: Those were competitive teams. Just don't forget, last year, the Texans won their division. And the Chargers have been good over the last couple of years, and Justin Herbert looked great this year. So these are two competitive teams that really just need that guy to give him a push. I, I'm going to go back for one quick second and talk about a guy who already has a gig in the NFL. Um, His team did not play that well this year. But the Giants and Joe Judge, that's a culture right there. Yes. Granted, their team is not good, and they had a lot of problems throughout the year. But Joe Judge built a culture, and I love the way that he did that. He said they're going to compete for 60 minutes, and that's exactly what you want to hear as a player. If you're a player who's thinking about who's a free agent, who's trying to come to a team, and you have the Chargers, you have Houston, you have all these teams on your list, and you hear someone like Joe Judge say, hey, this is the type of team that we're going to play, and you have to be ready to play for That's exactly what you want to hear, and that's what these teams need.
0: Yeah, and, and I love all of that, but final stretch of coaches. We're going to go to the college side, all right? Mm-hmm. The biggest surprise in, in the NFL coaching bucket that we've seen Dan Mullen? Really? Oh, boy. Head coach of Florida? No. The same Dan Mullen that lost three in a row? The same Dan Mullen that let Marco Wilson throw a shoe to get them out of the talks for the college football playoff? The same Dan Mullen who, on a press conference, said that, Oh, we'll find out if a two-loss team makes the playoff that we beat Alabama. Really? That same Dan Mullen? The same Dan Mullen who sits there after he gets blown out in the Cotton Bowl and pouts like a baby saying, Oh, well, you know, we had a lot of our players opt out, so it really wasn't that fair. We could have opted out if we wanted to, but we still played anyways. That Dan Mullen? There's, really? a
1: di- there's a difference between building a culture and being confident and just being a complete dick. Like, he's saying, oh, we could have opted out if we wanted to, but we're not that type of team. That's basically what he was trying to say.
0: You're making excuses. I understand if it's a 22-year-old kid saying that, but you're a grown man. Yeah, come on. Mr. Steve Sperrier Jr., as a lot of people call him, I don't like Dan like Mullen at all in the I NFL. I think he needs to
1: stay in college. Look, you could stay at Florida, be successful, maybe make a college football playoff if you want to. But you, you're you not a good fit in the NFL, and that's just that.
0: Let me tell you, that Mike Gundry, like, alpha male crap might work in college, but I don't think that's going to work in the NFL because those are 35, 36, 28-year-old big men who ain't going to take any bullshit. And let me tell you, I don't think Dan Mullen is equipped to handle that. I think he could talk down to a 19-year-old kid who just wants a scholarship and he can motivate him. I just don't think Dan Mullen can do that to a pro who's yeah, getting paid millions you, and millions the of dollars. There's the
1: college approach and the NFL approach. With college kids, you can kind of bully them. You can kind of get in their skin. You can kind of get Or their act men. their age. You can yes, act.
0: Or act their age. As a 40-year-old man in your, in your mid-40s, you can act like an 18-year-old and bring Kodak Black to the locker room and have your Instagram with all your fancy chains and all that, and that'll bring in recruits, but that's not going to work in the NFL. These are grown men, this is their
1: job, and they're trying to win football games, because in college, they're just trying to get to the next level. But the NFL is the end of the road. So the only thing left to do is win games. And if there's a guy who's trying to act like a dumbass, then you're
0: not gonna win games and they're not gonna want you there. I mean, look. Criticism aside, let me say, he does have a good offense. He does have a good offense. He has a great offensive mind. I think he would work as an offensive coordinator, but his defense is just god we, we just
1: saw it. His defense was one of the worst in the SEC. Yes, Kyle Trask this year statistically blew everyone out of the water. Yes, he finished last in the Heisman voting out of the finalists, but their offense was clicking this year, and I think that's been the case for the last couple of years. But defensively, you can he can't succeed at yeah. the NFL level like that.
0: Yeah, I, I, second I think to last in the SEC. Offense was great. I love it, right? If, if I'm going to be not biased, he has a great offense. Great job, Den mullen I, It's I just, coming from a Miami guy too. Exactly. This is this
1: is true non-bias, right here. And,
0: and I, I just don't think it would work in the NFL. And if it did, I would need to see some change. I would need to see some change. Yeah. Uh, now, shot in the dark, but the interest has buzzed up a bit. Lincoln Riley again, year after year. They talk Lincoln Riley. Ugh. Lincoln Riley, what if he goes and coaches Justin Herbert? What if he goes, builds a team in Detroit? I, what if he helps out Deshaun Watson? I, You know, as, much as, as cool as that would be, I don't think it's going to happen. Takes a new quarterback in Atlanta. You know, trade only... tra- tra- away Matt Ryan, draft Justin Fields. Yeah, there's
1: a select few guys, at least right now, in college football that could
0: succeed. I don't think he's one of them. Okay. Nice take, Brandon. Final coach, all right? And this coach is only exclusive to one team. Urban Meyer to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Urban Meyer, yes, the Urban Meyer that retired. He has health problems. He didn't want to take a job at Texas because of that. Didn't want a job at USC because of that. But Urban Meyer, the buzz is just getting bigger and bigger. They got the number one pick. How about the top college coach with a top college prospect? Urban Meyer, I think it could work in the NFL. Let me say he was a coach at Florida. He's got a nice house. In Florida, in Central Florida, yeah. Jacksonville is not too far. Yeah, not he too knows far. that area well. And, and why, Trevor Lawrence. Why couldn't Urban Meyer go to Jacksonville?
1: I think it's a big thing. I, I, I honestly wasn't that surprised that Urban Meyer was thinking about getting going to Jacksonville because there's a big difference between a college quarterback and the best quarterback prospect since Andrew Luck, which is Trevor Lawrence. That's really enticing, and especially if it's at the NFL level, and especially if you're already in Central Florida, it's just a little bit of a drive away to Jacksonville, and mm, I, I honestly am not that surprised. Will it work? I don't know. Is it gonna happen? I don't know, but it's very interesting.
0: And even if it doesn't work, if you're Jacksonville, you wanna draw people in. You want Sunday night football games. When's the last time the Jacksonville Jaguars had themselves a Sunday night football game? When's the last time the Jacksonville Jaguars hosted a Monday night football game. If you have Trevor Lawrence and Urban Meyer, Ooh. you might not get a week 15 Sunday night football game, but you might get a week two Sunday night football game because you might Thursday be all in one.
1: Some Thursday nights maybe. Everyone a Thursday way, night, but Monday
0: night, that's different. Oof. If you have Urban Meyer and Trevor Lawrence, that draws buzz. That
1: draws buzz, and think about it. Instead of having Josh Lambeau on your banners outside the stadium, you could have a pairing of Urban Meyer and Trevor Lawrence sitting outside those banners. That, that draws people in, and I honestly would love to go see that.
0: Yeah, we've been to Jacksonville, and let me say, the amount of Josh Lambeau uh, posters... All over the place. All over the place. They, they need some stars. Look, he's got
1: some nice hair on him and that, but, like, Trevor Lawrence, Urban Meyer, primetime football, that's pretty enticing.
0: But if Urban Meyer does go to Jacksonville... He was a former coach at Ohio State. Mm-hmm. He did recruit Justin Fields to transfer to Ohio State. What are the odds he takes Justin Fields over Trevor Lawrence? Ohio State, Ohio State? There's no, I he don't think so. He constantly praises Justin Fields. It was noted back in 2018, right, his first year not coaching, or 2019, excuse me, first year not coaching. He said that Justin Fields is one of the best college quarterbacks to ever take the field. He's got an electric arm. He might have said it jokingly, but we're still going to say it here. He said that he'd trade seven number ones just to get Justin Fields.
1: (laughs) Could it be like
0: a Cliff Kingsbury-Kyler Murray situation? Like, hey, you might not be the best, but you're my guy.
1: I mean, that's interesting, but you can make that call if if you're debating between Justin Fields and in a hypothetical situation, a guy like Joe Burrow or a guy like Tua. Zach Wilson. Or Zach Wilson. But when you have, once again, when you have the best quarterback prospect since Andrew Luck, you cannot pass that up. There's no way. There's only a select few guys that are for sure guys at the quarterback position. I
0: hate to admit it, though, but Justin Fields looked really good. He looked really good in the Sugar Bowl. Trevor Lawrence was missing guys on throws. Yeah, but we can't
1: discount the fact that Ohio State has a really good front seven, and Clemson's O-line is not at all Close to good. So look every quarterback is going to struggle when they're pressured. Trevor Lawrence saw that But he's lost twice in his entire college career Last year against LSU in the national championship game, One of the best college teams in recent memory and this year against Ohio State who might actually end up winning the national championship this year So let's not let's slow the roll on the Justin Fields and, and Trevor Lawrence thing I still think Trevor Lawrence is the number one pick interesting thing to say that hey maybe not the best guy but my guy that could be interesting maybe there's a little trade-up swap maybe the jets and the jaguars trade up and swap picks i don't know but uh, i don't know
0: you know what i do know odyssey collective is a brand dedicated to bringing the entertainment that inspires us to the clothes you wear their apparel thrives in minimalism and comfort giving you the ability to express who you are with your favorite films and tv shows of course their most recent collection coming of age collection John Hughes films, those iconic movies. All right, all right, all right. Movies like Dazed and Confused to Ferris Viewers Day Off. Go ahead and check out Odyssey Collective. All right. Go follow them on Instagram at Shop Odyssey Collective. Their website is linked in the show notes and Spotify and Apple Podcasts as well on our Twitter. Don't forget to use our code TAKESONTAP20 at checkout for 20% off your next purchase. Instagram, that's at Shop Odyssey Collective. Don't forget our code. Takes on Tap 20 for 20% off your next purchase. Let's dive into the 2021 College Football Playoff National Championship game that is this Monday in Miami. Alabama taking on Ohio State, a rematch of the 2014 playoff. Justin Fields, Mac Jones, Trey Sermon, Najee Harris. What do you think of this game? It's going
1: to be great. Now, I know that you have a different opinion than me, but I can't discount the fact that not only do they did out does Alabama have Mac Jones, who's a Heisman candidate finalist, the Heisman winner, Devonta Smith, and Najee Harris, who has been electric these past few games. I can't discount that at all. I think Alabama, I think they take it by 10 or, ten or more.
0: Yeah, everyone is banking on Ohio State to get rolled. But... Even though I don't like Ohio State I think they might come in and win this one I think they might shock the world really? Let me say, 2020 we all suffered 20, 2021 is the year of redemption Ohio State only played six, six games Because the Big Ten failed to do their jobs Ohio State suffered They got a lot of criticism, a lot of blowback For even getting into the playoff Despite playing six games Dabo Sweeney talks and talks and talks we thought they'd get rolled, and guess what? They showed up to play. They've got a chip on their shoulder, a huge chip on their shoulder, and they are going to redeem themselves and remind us that, hey, we are a top-four team. Don't forget it. One game, two games, 20 games. We're here to stay. I think Ohio State takes it by a field goal. Really? See, here's here's my, I, as
1: much as I think Ohio, Ohio State's a top-four team,
0: A&M played really good in the Orange Bowl.
1: Yeah, they did. I'm— I, a lot of people were talking about A&M being that team to, to take Ohio State's spot in the, in the top four. I, I
0: suggest that. I, I thought uh, it should have We both happened. suggested
1: I think we should have, but Ohio State has definitely proved their worth as a top four team in college football. Do they beat Alabama? I think not. Alabama's the best team in the nation. I don't even think Clemson could have taken them in the national championship if they actually did get past Ohio State. So that's just my personal opinion. The the trio of, of Najee Harris, Devonta Smith, Mac Jones is just too much for any team to handle. We just saw that... Granted, Notre Dame is probably... They wouldn't be able to beat Ohio State if, they, if those two teams played each other. But Alabama absolutely destroyed Notre Dame, and I expect them to beat Ohio State this coming week.
0: I mean, I like Mac Jones a lot. I think he's got a good arm, and I think with the right cast, he could be an NFL quarterback. We'll dive into that a little closer April. But I just feel that Ohio State has the bigger chip on their shoulder. They have more to prove, and they're more desperate to show us all and shut us up, to shut me up, to shut you up. And after seeing them Rail Clemson, I believe in Ohio State, and like I said, 2021, the year of redemption, Ohio State redeems himself as a top two team. That's our little preview there. National Championship will be coming to you there on Instagram live, Instagram questions, whatever you've got, go ahead and follow us at official takes on tap on Instagram. We're active on there all the time, and don't forget to check out our Twitter as well. Uh, We posted a tweet about Urban Meyer and Justin Fields, possibly. Maybe. Mm, Sounds pretty good. On Twitter, at TakesOnTapShow. Sounds good to me. Let's jump into one of my favorite segments of this show. I haven't done this segment since last year. (laughs) It's been a while. It's been a while, but... Instagram questions! Let's do it. First Instagram question of 2021 comes to us in favor of Johnny. Johnny is asking us, Brandon, how was your experience in Costa Rica? Yeah, so uh, I, w- I went to Costa Rica over the holiday break
1: um to be honest it was it was pretty uneventful i got to catch some nfl uh over the weekends that was painful as hell because i had to watch the colts blow their lead against the steelers so you know that's how that is but it's okay other than that i was pretty solid got got some good rest and relaxation learned some things for the show so now we're back and ready to go in orlando
0: yeah uh, like how was the uh food
1: the food is actually really good you know I'm a rice guy. I eat rice all the time. so Bo- It's a it boring food. I, I fit right in. So, th- you know what? I, I was very impressed with that. So, I, hey, I liked it. By the way, Costa Rican airport, as much as I like the country, airport was trash. So,
0: I'm sorry. It, it was not a good experience. <laughs> was there no air conditioning? Or? Okay,
1: so, one, they don't have consistent air conditioning. Two... No way. Yeah, it's it's not consistent. Like, they have it. Don't worry about it. But, like, some, I, I felt it shut out sometimes. But it's okay. It's no big deal because it was kind of cold there. But, anyway, the worst part about it is... The, the whole COVID restrictions thing has had a big effect on the airport. The day that I left, they actually shut, they, they put some major restrictions on travel. So now instead of having multiple flights go out to the US per day, they only had one and it was at two o'clock in the morning. So I get there and I'm trying, so it was at 11 PM before I had to leave and I was trying to leave the house. And one thing I also didn't know is they also restricted the taxi service. So I couldn't get a taxi to the airport. So I was w- so wait, waiting around for about an hour trying to find a taxi on the road. Finally got one, got to the air- airport, not too bad, there weren't too many people. But yeah, not a great experience
0: overall, the restrictions, but hey, good good, good couple weeks. Okay, not too bad there. Our next question comes in from Daniel. He's asking us, all right, so do you think that with the popularity of streaming services like ESPN+, Plus, Peacock, Hulu, will this have an impact on the NFL's deal with NBC in the next few years? And this is a good question. I mean, coming up this uh, Sunday on Wild Card sure. Weekend, We've got an NFL game broadcast on Nickelodeon. That's right. What Nickelodeon, the same channel that brought you iCarly, Spongebob, Drake and Josh, and many others of your... It's bringing you an NFL game. It's bringing you an NFL game. Nate Burlington will be on the call, and it is highly, highly rumored that slime will be integrated into the broadcast on Nickelodeon. Now, Nickelodeon paid big bucks for that. For some reason, the NFL really... Loves the idea of getting little kids who don't even know their names to watch football. <laughs> Mind you, the Saints play the Bears on Nickelodeon, as well as CBS, but also Nickelodeon. The last time the Saints played the Bears, there was a very, very interesting fight that took place.
1: Yes, the legendary Javon Wims fight was yes. replayed throughout households. Everywhere across the United States, and now we might get around too.
0: Could you imagine just a huge fight on Nickelodeon and you just have an SJW mom mindlessly cleaning the kitchen as her kid tunes in to watch SpongeBob and it's just Javon Wims and CJ Gardner Johnson fighting again?
1: That would be one of the best things to happen in the entire season of the NFL. <laughs>
0: Back to the question, uh, I think, yeah, you know, everyone's streaming nowadays, I love to watch the home and garden television, you know, love it or list it, house hunters, <laughs> flip or flop, I love it, it's just satisfying, I want to be rich one day, I want to have a nice house. Look, everyone wants to be rich one day. Would, do you want to love it or do you want to list it? I want to, I don't know, uh, I mean, I love that channel, I love the Food Network, but guess what? Now they have their own streaming service. It's called Discovery Plus. Exactly, it has HGTV, Food Network, everything, and it seems like everything has a damn streaming service. NBC has Peacock now. They took the office away. NFL will be broadcast on Peacock now. So I think that definitely will have a huge impact. You just saw it back in November. Disney Plus, um, they're going to get the SEC with with ESPN Plus. So I think unfortunately. Uh, football will be taken away and it will be going on more streaming services. A couple weeks ago on Saturday, there was an entire NFL game exclusively on, NFL, on, on Amazon Prime. They've been doing that for a couple years but though. But exclusively, yeah. not even simulcast. Mm. Exclusively on Prime. Here's the thing. And though. it actually failed. Yeah, that's true. It did fail. Because it was very choppy and a lot of people did not like it, but it's happening, so we have to adapt.
1: The only thing that is saving uh, regular, regular broadcasts on television is just a couple select broadcasters. Jim Nance, Tony Romo. Al Michaels. Al Michaels. Pat Collinsworth, McAfee. Matt McAfee's not going to... As much as we love Matt, hey, he's probably not going to leave Man. Akeem Tlaib. Akeem the favorite uncle who decided to walk into the broadcast booth. Sounds like
0: he's in Grand Theft Auto.
1: Yeah, but honestly, I can see it happening where in a few years we're... we're we're going to be streaming games specifically from these streaming services. I, I, I watch all my games on YouTube TV. I don't have any extensions like that. Obviously, you can watch live TV on YouTube TV, so it's not really the same thing, but I get access through YouTube TV, so that, that's...
0: That's a cool question, Brendan. So you get access through YouTube TV. Do you pay for your YouTube TV, or do you fiend off someone else? Okay, a, a, okay, okay. It just so happens that our boy
1: Nick has YouTube TV, and I just so happen to use it every Sunday
0: interesting. Interesting question there. Alrighty. Our next question comes from Noah asking us, Hey guys, what are your goals and aspirations for 2021?
1: That's a great question. We have a lot of things planned for 2021. Obviously we're not going to reveal it all now. Um, I would love to be able to get some consistent press credentials. Uh, We got the senior bowl maybe coming up in a couple weeks. Orlando magic. Orlando magic. uh, That would be awesome. But overall, all I want is to be able to Bring out the best product that we can. I, always, I want to improve every single day, I want to improve every single week. That's my main goal, that's all I want. However that comes to be, that's what I want.
0: Yeah, uh, f- for sure. I want to get better. Every single week, we want to get better and better. We want to get new microphones. We are going to get new microphones. Maybe, hopefully. That depends on FedEx. <laughs> FedEx when will you get here? Please. Please, please, I've been waiting for four months. We're getting a new camera. Please, FedEx, where are you? We want to get a new studio. The kitchen is outgrowing us. I don't know if you can hear, but if you go back in previous episodes, you can hear bags of chips being opened. New studios in the works. We don't know where, but it's going to happen, whether it's on campus, whether it's at another place with a banner behind us and a green screen. That is the plan. Lots of things in store this year. We want to get merch. We do. Takes on tap hoodies. We got
1: stickers, but we want to get more. That's always going to come. We want a lot of things done, but overall, we just want to get better.
0: Yes, better and better, and I just can't wait for April. Cause when, come draft time, I think that's that will be our best string of content. For sure, for sure. Our next question is coming from Emily. She's asking me, "Hey Scott, who do you want to be the Jets head coach in twenty twenty one? Who is your personal pick and your dream scenario?" It's a great question. I'm gonna, I'm gonna just gonna, yeah, you you go ahead. So, uh, my personal pick, if I had my way, right, Scotty's way. Uh, The coach of the New York Jets Would be Matt Campbell I would choose Matt Campbell So Joe
1: Brady's off the table now?
0: What happened to that? You were talking about it for the past three weeks I love Joe Brady, I adore the guy I love him so much But I would prefer Joe Brady with Trevor Lawrence Okay Uh, I'm going to choose Matt Campbell from Iowa State He's going to build an entire team And my dream scenario is that You trade back the number two pick, you get a haul And let me tell you You give it to San Francisco. I think the Niners are desperate. All right. Jimmy G is clearly
1: not the answer for them. They're starting to feel that now. they are definitely going to be desperate Because they have a Super Bowl roster outside of him so. Exactly You
0: give them the number two pick They take whoever they want to take We get a haul We get two first rounders We get a second rounder Maybe a third round pick That is Ooh. a lot For you know a rookie head coach, Matt Campbell You keep Sam Darnold You get more offensive linemen You get Devontae Smith from Alabama but You sign to Joe Tooney Devontae Smith's going to Indianapolis He's going to New York Okay. You sign Joe Tooney in free agency Maybe you can get a couple of the free agents, projects, stuff like that. I think it could work. Hire Chris Rashard as your defensive coordinator. You got this all planned out. I like this a lot. I, I think, think it'd
1: be good. They're a team that needs to build for the future. They're not going to win any games now. So getting that Hall of Draft picks, great idea.
0: I, I I want Matt Campbell to be the coach of the Jets. Yes, I do. Our next question comes from Gabe. He's asking us, should the Dolphins trade Tua and draft a quarterback?
1: Wow, that's... um. Loaded, as, as everyone's probably seen over the last three weeks, we've come to have to really take another look at Tua Tungavailoa as a starting quarterback. It's not his fault, though. Justin Herbert has set a new bar for rookie quarterbacks. And we saw it clear as day in Week 17. Tua just looked uncomfortable. Yes, the Buffalo Bills are a wrecking machine. Um, but it's clear that if the Dolphins can't stop anyone on defense, they're going to have a lot of problems on offense because Tua has just he's been very inconsistent he's one of those guys the comparisons coming out of the draft was he's like drew Brees, but left-handed and that's a great comparison because over the last couple of years drew Brees hasn't stretched the ball down the field not not saying that he can't but it's a combination of the play calling and what he's most comfortable with is just dinking and dunking his way down the field and as much as that's going to work that's not going to get you points in the long run and we've seen Tua be able to stretch the ball down the field he can do it at alabama we saw it consistently So I'm not sold on Tua getting traded just yet because I think he has the tools to be a better quarterback than he's playing right now. But he needs to be able to get more comfortable being an NFL quarterback. I think he's playing scared. I honestly think he's playing scared. He's not willing to really stretch the ball down the field. And whether that's a combination of him and the coach, Brian Flores, or not, I don't know. But I think we give him a year or two and just try to figure out, okay, is he going to be the guy that's really going to push you over the edge by being able to get the ball down the field? Or is he just going to be the guy that's going to dig your way down to an 8-8 season?
0: Yeah. um, About Tua, can we all relax? Exactly. Can the hate stop? Do people forget that he's a rookie? Let alone nobody expected the Dolphins to go ten and six this year. And look, let's remember. Do you remember how bad Josh Allen was before this year?
1: Yeah, he was one of the most inconsistent young quarterbacks in the the league. Inconsistent. Not even young quarterbacks. The entire NFL. People are questioning whether or not the, the, the Bills made the right choice. Obviously, we have extremely high expectations for rookie quarterbacks. We just saw it with Josh Rosen, and that's just streamlined from there. And, and, but,
0: and, and not only that, let's, let's remember, Chan Gailey is like the prime partner for Ryan Fitzpatrick. He is. Chan Gailey worked with, worked with Ryan Fitzpatrick in Buffalo. He worked with Ryan Fitzpatrick in New York. And guess what? He's in Miami. Of course he's going to work with Ryan Fitzpatrick in Miami. That's why it did work. The thing is that Chan Gailey is not built for Tua Tungvailoa. He's not. All it takes is a good quarterback coach, a good offensive coordinator tailored for Tua, and you will see a lot of success. And look, I see the other side here. When is the next time the Dolphins will have a number three pick with this roster? Probably never. So maybe you do take a chance, but then you have a whole new rookie quarterback. I think now you just find the right O. C. for Tua. Hey, how about Anthony Lynn? He was pretty good in Buffalo in the Rex Ryan days with Tyron Taylor. Why yeah. why not give Anthony Lynn a shot? And I think it'd work. He he, he he did well with Justin Herbert. I know they lost games, but you can't deny that Justin Herbert played. They were in those games.
1: They were in those games and a lot of people are talking about yeah, if if two is so good, why isn't he closing games? Because he's a rookie quarterback. It's he okay. didn't have
0: OTAs either. It's okay.
1: We have to cut some slack on young quarterbacks, guys on new teams, and new coaches because they didn't have OTAs. They didn't really have mini camps, no preseason. Look, Ryan Fitzpatrick has proven that he can close games. And that's why they put him in, because the Miami Dolphins were trying to make the playoffs. It's not like this was a, If this team went 5-11 and 11, If they went 6-10, and 4-12, whatever And they had no shot at making the playoffs Tua probably would have been playing all those games to get some reps But they're trying to make the playoffs And you have to do what you have to do as a team And I know Tua is a good guy he's, he's, he's going to What he wants to do is win Okay, And so in that scenario he knows that Okay, I'm not ready to close this game yet as much as he wants to He's not ready to close that game He knows that his backup veteran Ryan Fitzpatrick Can close that game So a win is better than trying to lose that game
0: in yeah, hundred percent. And I think next year you part ways with with uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, and you you bet all your chips on Tua. I think that's what you do because we saw glimpses of goodness, right? I mean, you don't need to throw for five hundred yards every week for your team to win games. They have a good running game. I think with the number three pick, they take an offensive lineman, maybe Penae Seawell if he falls. If he falls, that'll yeah. be good for Miami. And I I think you put more on Tua. Remember. All of his receivers were out as well. All they have is Devontae Parker, and he can't stay healthy. Yeah, and he, he's had trouble,
1: problems stretching the ball down the field. It's not like they have guys that can also go get those deep balls if Tua decides that he wants to throw them. I, I like your decision, okay, you've got to go all in on Tua. If it doesn't work, then we can bring up the questions. But right now, without preseason, without OTAs, without any mini camps, we can't call this season a make-or-break one for Tua because this is his first year in the NFL.
0: 100%. But, I mean, I, I don't think there's any chance that the Dolphins move away from Tua. Chris Greer said Tua's our guy. Brian Flores said that is our guy. I think the only people who want to move on from Tua is just people who want clicks and people who don't know football. <laughs> Pretty much it. <laughs> yeah, well, that does it for Instagram questions for this week. Nice batch to start off the year. Mm. And they get better and better every week. It's, I love the Instagram questions. That's part of the, the episode every single week. See them coming. But you know what else I love? Wildcard Weekend. Wildcard Weekend. You know, we love Wildcard
1: Weekend. There's nothing better than watching six games in two days featuring some of the best teams in the National Football League. But you know what? There's one thing that might just top it all, and that's the Kong Beer Bong. We've been looking for that perfect solution to a warm summer day. Scratch that, the perfect solution to Wildcard Weekend. And we found it in the Kong Beer Bong. Their EVA foam chills your drink longer so you can party harder. It's personable and portable. Use our affiliate link in the show notes or on social media for a discount on any of your future purchases. Now back to the show.
0: NFL playoffs. They're finally here. Didn't think we would get to this point. And you want to know what one of the best parts is? I get to watch an NFL playoff game on Nickelodeon.
1: Yeah, you do. You also get to watch... Six NFL games in a span of—six postseason NFL games in a span of two days. Three games. Three games per day. day. Oh.
0: One o'clock, four o'clock, eight o'clock. I love it. Love Brandon, it. what's our first game online? All right. Saturday, 1
1: p.m., Indianapolis Colts 7C taking on the two-seeded Buffalo Bills. The line right now is Buffalo's favorite by six and a half. Um, look, Buffalo's the hottest team in the NFL. If I wanted, to, if this week was the Super Bowl and I was picking a team, I might pick Buffalo. Wow. I think right now I'm staying this week. I don't know about if, if things are going to change in three weeks, but as of right now, my pick to win the Super Bowl, the Buffalo Bills. However, the Colts do have a shot. And I'm not going to say this because I'm a biased Colts fan, and this is a very good moment for me because my team made the playoffs, but I do think they have a shot if they can attack the Bills' run defense. The Bills rank 17th in uh, rushing yards allowed per game, and Jonathan Taylor has come alive the second half of the season. He, is, he finished the season third overall in the NFL in rushing yards, and he averaged 123.5 rushing yards per game over the last six So it's a really big question. If Jonathan Taylor can show out and have a 100-plus yard game, they have a shot. Now, Josh Allen and his band of receivers has been a wrecking crew throughout the entire year. But there are some questions because their top two receivers right now, Stephon Diggs and Cole Beasley, have been limited in practice so far this week. So we'll see how that turns out.
0: Stephon Diggs, NFL reception leader, I mean, he's had a stellar season. Look, it seems that every time I take on the Colts and, and, and and I bet them to win... On the show, they don't do me wrong, and I think the Colts are gonna win. Wow. I think that Buffalo is still inexperienced. I think maybe the hype will get to their heads. Um, I just like Philip Rivers here. I think it might be his final season. Last time he was in the playoffs at 12 and four, he got demolished by Tom Brady and the Patriots way back when in 2018. Way back. Um, I think this is this is redemption for Philip Rivers. And you said it earlier. Jonathan Taylor finally broke into his own. He finally had his own, like, 100-plus yard, multiple touchdown performance. Broke he, for
1: 253 Week 17.
0: He wasn't, uh, like, a sidekick to, to Naheem Hines. No, not he, at all. he was his own guy, and I loved to see it. And I, 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 I like what Frank Reich does. It might be uh, one of Matt Eberflus's last games if he gets hired. Yeah, that's a possibility. I like the Colts here. They're a seven seed and they don't play like it, I like the Colts to take the Bills by a field goal.
1: Wow, I mean, that's a big thing. I think the Colts do have a shot, as I just said. I like your enthusiasm in my team. Um, the the whole maturity question, if they're too confident, could be, a, it could be a factor. But they do have Stephon Diggs, who has been to multiple playoff appearances. He knows what's up.
0: The question is Josh Allen, because the last time he was in the playoffs, it seemed like he really freaked out. I mean, you, we can't forget at the end of that game against the Texans where he just freaked out, panicked, and threw the ball behind him.
1: Yeah, it's definitely a question, but it's a new year. New Josh Allen, just finished third. He's most likely to finish third in MVP voting. So he he's looking like a really, really good quarterback. But it's the same question that we had about Lamar Jackson. After that 14-2 season, they kind of just... They kind of just folded against the Titans. And granted, the Titans were a really good football team in 9-7. and seven. Um, But that could be the same question. Is this Buffalo Bills team, are they too hot? Are they too confident? That could be a big question.
0: Yeah, and then the next game on the mark, the Rams and the Seahawks. This one really could go either way. I have no idea. It, <laughs> it, it, honestly, it, have no idea. It's a divisional matchup. I mean, it's it's really the the rubber match, right? It, it, it's been one-to-one. The Rams beat the Seahawks earlier, and the Seahawks beat the Rams recently to win the division. Uh, Jared Goff has really disappointed me. Yeah, I've said it before, I, I love Jared Goff, but my oh my, he's been really disappointing. But yes, his thumb is hurt, and he's got some fractured ribs and stuff like that. Uh, I believe he's slated to return. John Walford did get the job done against Arizona to get them into the playoffs, but this one could still go either way because the Rams have a great defense and the Seahawks kind of have a abysmal, above-average offense right now, even with my favorite guy, Russell Wilson. It's very interesting. The first half of the season, we were talking about a Russell Wilson as an
1: MVP candidate. Their offense was clicking on all cylinders, and the one problem was their defense. Now we flash forward to today. The Seahawks haven't allowed over 23 points or a 300-yard passer since Week
0: 9. They can't score. The Seahawks can't score anymore. It's like they're trading
1: one side of the ball for the other Okay, if your offense is going to be good, the defense has got to be bad And now it's the opposite, so it's extremely interesting Okay, Jared Goff has been one of the most interesting quarterbacks throughout the NFL for the last few years. When he's dealing with pressure, he has completely folded, and granted, a lot of quarterbacks are that way. But the the fact that he's very married to his first read, and he has a lot of problems when his pocket collapses. He is mobile, but he's not the most mobile guy in the NFL, so he does have a problem escaping pressure, and that's a big thing. And if he's not 100%, and if he has an injury on his thumb of his throwing hand, that's going to make it even worse. So... It's going to be a big question if Jared Goff can put together one of his performances that he was having a couple of years ago, because as of right now, I can't trust him enough to win this game, and that's why I'm picking the Seahawks this week.
0: Yeah, and I, I, I want to pick the Rams, but they're 3-3 three and three in their last six games. They lost to my Jets, and they also lost to the 49ers, and if you want to win big in the playoffs, you can't have losses like that. I want to take Los Angeles. I love Sean McVay, but I'm going to go with Seattle because of the experience.
1: Yeah, and the line does agree with us. Negative. Uh, the Seahawks are terrible by 3.5, so that's something.
0: All right, next game on the line Saturday night. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers will take on the Washington football team. Go, go team, team go. go! Alex Smith in the playoffs after a miraculous comeback. The 7-9 Washington football team win their division and become the third team under five hundred to make the playoffs and they could be the third team to make the playoffs at seven and nine and win a game crazy that the
1: other teams have actually all won a game after having a losing record
0: hey it's not about the record it's about your your spirit and the way you play it's all about one game so what we got here the line right now bucks minus eight so tampa Bay's favored and quietly quietly as they've gotten less media coverage. They've been playing really good.
1: Yeah, over the last four games coming out of their bye week, they're 4-0. They've averaged 37 points, and they've also put up scores of 47 and 44 in consecutive weeks to end the season. The Buccaneers now, obviously their passing game is one of the best in the NFL. They're second uh, overall in passing odds per game at 289. And the I mean, you can't you can't discount Tom Brady, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Rob Gronkowski. You could be put in. I don't even have enough fingers on one hand to name their weapons on offense. Right?
0: Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown. Tom Brady made Antonio Brown two hundred fifty thousand dollars just by throwing him a couple touchdowns.
1: Yeah, it's crazy, but the Washington football team. A lot of people don't talk about them. Oh, they're seven to nine. Whatever. Best
0: defensive football.
1: One of the best defensive football. I probably would give them the edge as the best right now. They are second in the NFL passing yards allowed per game.
0: Chase Young is just a. A, a, a beast to be reckoned with. I he mean, wants Tom. The guy is a rookie, and I think he's already a top-five defensive end in the NFL.
1: He's one of the most surefire picks that we've had in the last couple years.
0: I mean, guy is a rookie, and I think that next year he might be a part of the 99 Club in Madden. Wow,
1: that's a bold claim. I mean, I would put
0: him maybe in Defensive Player of the Year conversation, but 99 Club's a big one. <laughs> he's got a big jump, by the way. He wants Tom Brady, and let me tell you, Tom Brady, you don't want to mess with him come January, February. Be careful what you wish for, Chase Young. But He's a
1: little experience when it comes to this.
0: Exactly. Um, I think if Washington could just stick to the run, stick to what they do best, give the ball to Terry McLaurin, he will catch it. He won't drop it. Scary Terry. They have a chance here. I would not be surprised at all if Washington got the upset. I mean, they are at home.
1: Yeah, all you have to do, in my opinion, if you're Washington, is you just have to get your offense on the field and get them to stay there. Because every single second that you give the Bucks.
0: They're going to be able to score on you. Could, so, could Tampa Bay even keep up with uh, Washington's defensive line? I don't think their offensive line can handle it. I think it's that's the
1: that's the X factor for me. It's going to be that defensive versus offensive line of the Bucks in the Washington football team. If the Bucks can hold up and they don't allow a lot of sacks, I would say give it over-under at two. If you can allow two or less, I think the Bucs have a great chance to win. If they allow more than two, it's going to be a closer close than people think. Well, who are you taking, Brandon, Tampa Bay, or Washington? <sighs> that's tough. Um... I'm going to take the offset pick. I'm going to Washington.
0: Yeah, I'm going to go with Tampa Bay. I, I, I think Tom Brady prevails. I think they give the ball to Leonard Fournette more. Uh, Mike Evans, he's looking strong. Antonio Brown looking good too. Um, I'm going to go with Tampa Bay. And um, in Tampa, they get what they wish for, a playoff win.
1: You know, interesting fact though. We put a poll up on Instagram for every single wildcard game. This was the only game that every single person voted for one team. Hundred percent of people voted for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to beat the Washington Football Team, so we're gonna oh, see how that goes. No. That makes me the only person out of on the takes on tap show, our followers, our our, our listeners, everyone. I'm the only one who goes for Washington Football Team right now. So we'll see if that pays off. I might look like an idiot. I, I love Washington. I just this is a different animal. This isn't it's different animal. This isn't the Steelers. This isn't this is the Bucs. This is the playoffs. It's time to lock in. How about this?
0: I I hope Washington wins, but I think Tampa. Will okay, win. that's fair. That's they, fair. They, fair enough. There. Okay. Right. So. Sunday slate. Let's open up the Titans and the Ravens. Remember last year, 14-2 Ravens take on the surging Titans. Derrick Henry emerges from the ground up. December Derrick. Well, this time, the Ravens, they didn't have as good of a year this year, but they come in uh, winning six in a row, I believe, right? Five. Five in a row. And everyone's talking about the Ravens. The Ravens, they've had a great winning streak. But, Brandon, could you break down the Ravens' winning streak for me? Okay, so... The Ravens have won five in a row, and
1: they've averaged 37.2 points per game. That's a pretty great number, you would say so, right? Yeah. Their combined record, though, of the teams that they beat was 28-51-1. Only one of those teams finished above five hundred. That was the Cleveland Browns in one of the games of the year. We actually picked it as one of the best games of the year. But outside of the Cleveland Browns, they faced some dumpster fires. They faced the Giants. They faced the Bengals. It just hasn't been—it was expected that they would take these games, um, but still— It's I I would still pick the Ravens in this game. I I, I like the line. It's at minus three right now favored by the Ravens. I think they're they're clicking at the right time. And yes, the Titans are much different than the Giants and the Bengals. But still, I think they they're they have a much more well-rounded team as of right now. The Titans defense has just been really bad.
0: Yeah, I'm also gonna go uh, for, for Baltimore in this one. I think Lamar Jackson finally gets his first playoff win. He shuts everyone the hell up. I like Tennessee a lot. I like Tannehill, I like Derrick Henry, but I just think their defense is just this not gonna be able to, it's not gonna be able to keep up with Lamar Jackson and, and Mark Ingram and all those guys. I don't think it's gonna work. J.K. Dobbins, another fast guy in the Baltimore offense. I've taken Baltimore by at least ten points.
1: Wow, I would take Baltimore probably, I'd give him a touchdown. Um, I think Derrick Henry needs a 200-plus-yard rushing game to be able to even give the Titans a shot, which is definitely possible. Um, but the fact that the Titans' defense can't stop anyone to save their lives, they are fourth-worst in passing yards in the bottom half in rush defense, it's it's not looking good for Tennessee. Although we've seen them do crazier things that we just saw them get to the AFC Championship last year, so you never know.
0: Yeah, well, Nickelodeon game. Four o'clock. CBS. <laughs> Nickelodeon. It's the Bears and the Saints. Mitchell Trubisky somehow, some way led his team to the playoffs after being benched. I don't understand. They're eight and eight. And I love this story. Everyone's hating on the Bears. I love it. Bring it to me. Bring it to me. It means that you can be flawed and still make the playoffs. You have a chance. Mitchell Trubisky has a chance to stay in Chicago for at least another year if he gets a win. And you know what? You know what? I'm taking oh, Chicago no. here. No, no, I am no, no, taking no, no, no. Chicago. I, I Again, we're all shocked they made the playoffs. They did not play well against Green Bay at all. But I, I'm going to take Mitchell Trubisky to ruin the goodbye party for Drew Brees.
1: Here's an interesting fact. I don't know if this will sway your opinion at all, but I have some stats for you. As I've been going through the rankings and team stats for, for this entire segment, I stumbled upon the Bears. And they have one of the worst offenses in the NFL. They do not rank above 20th in any offensive statistical category in pass yards, rush yards, and points. I don't really know what that where you want to put with that, but Mitchell Trubisky, um, look, 2018 Pro Bowler. He, they made the playoffs. I, I think I like M- Mitchell Trubisky. I think he should be the Bears quarterback for at least a couple more years. But you're coming into the Saints. The Saints are a really good football team. You can't discount Alvin Kamara, who's probably going to win Offensive Player of the Year in the NFC. Drew Brees has looked solid. He hasn't looked amazing, but he has looked solid enough. And their defense has looked looked good. I I think
0: it's good enough. The question is, does Alvin Kamara come back in time, right? Because he had COVID. He was out for the last week of the year. Mm -hmm. They play on Sunday, so he will be technically eligible. It's just up to really Sean Payton and Kamara if he can come back. If Kamara can come back, you know, maybe the Bears... Don't win, but I think they're going to play upset here. And guess what? Magic Mitchell gets into the second round.
1: Oh, boy. All right. On yeah. uh, Nickelodeon
0: as well. <laughs> Maybe he gets slimed.
1: Maybe, but I'm going to pick the Saints here. I, the lines at minus 10, I'd probably give them 10. I say Saints by 10.
0: All right. Well, final game of Super Wild Card weekend. It's a rematch of Week 17. The Browns, this time in Pittsburgh against
1: the Steelers. Another divisional matchup. It's going to be very interesting. The Browns had some trouble beating uh, Pittsburgh's backups in Week 17. And in addition to that, they, they do have some COVID problems that have been coming out uh, over the last couple of weeks. Right now, Joel Betonio, Olivier Vernon, both out of the lineup. But the most important one, arguably, is their head coach.
0: Yeah, Kevin Stefanski is out this Sunday uh, with COVID-19. So think about it. Uh, Cleveland's first playoff appearance since 2002. Yeah. And their head coach is out. Joe Bellantonio, he's out. He's been on the Cleveland Browns roster for seven years. He's been a star offensive guard. And guess what? Guess what? After years of losing, after uh, going 1-20-something for, for two years in Cleveland and that whole regime, he stood there by it. They finally made the playoffs and he can't play because of COVID. That's a tragic story there.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, it's very tragic for him. Kind of reminds me of the whole Joe Thomas situation. He never made the playoffs uh, as a member of the Cleveland Browns before he retired. Um, but there is one key for the Browns. There's actually two. But there's they, they need to do one thing on offense and one thing on defense. to be able to even have a chance against Pittsburgh, which I do think they have a fair chance. The line is, is very much favored towards Pittsburgh, and I think it's a little bit too much so. But on defense, they need to shut down the pass game because the Steelers can't run the ball. We've already established that they cannot run the ball, and we've seen over the past couple of weeks the Steelers can pass the ball. Ben Roethlisberger, prior to contrary belief, he can actually he can actually still sling it, and you know they they do have a bunch of guys: Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, Juju Smith-Schuster, who can go get the football. So if Cleveland can shut down that passing game. I think they have a pretty fair shot on offense. They need to get Baker protected on play action. That's one of their biggest facets of their offense is him getting out of the pocket and kind of forcing that defense to have to guess whether or not he's going to run or throw the ball.
0: Yeah, I think my, my biggest key for, for, for Pittsburgh um, and, and the Steelers' offense, Juju Smith-Schuster. No more TikToks. <laughs> no more TikToks. You can't have more TikToks than, uh, you know, receiving yards you've had in the game. Can't yeah, happen. Can't it. Stay off the field. Stay off the logo. Uh, but despite that, <laughs> despite that, yes, uh, we got to keep Baker Mayfield protected on play action passes. If you're the Browns, we saw it in person on play action passes. Baker Mayfield is electric. He's like a completely different quarterback. They got to get the run game going. And it, sometimes they make boneheaded decisions. The Offensive coordinator Alex Van Pelt has been good, but sometimes I just question everything. That game against the Jets two weeks ago, they had all of their wide receivers out, and you have. Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb, yet Baker Mayfield still threw the football 55 times. Very that interesting happen. call.
1: Can't do that. Granted, the Jets do have a good run defense. Let's not let's not discount the Jets defense in the front seven. But still, 55 times when you have Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb.
0: Your, your your top targets were Austin Hooper and Harrison Bryant, two tight ends.
1: Not not good enough to pass it 55
0: times. But Cleveland's gotta be really, really, really complete to to get the victory. And even if it wasn't Cleveland, even if it was any other team. When you got to play a team on a back-to-back basis, it's going to be hard for any team to win. Like, even if it's Kansas City playing the Raiders, and they beat the Raiders one week, and they got to play them next week, especially in a playoff matchup, I don't know if they can do that. Yeah, any so that's team really at hard. all, it's hard to play in back-to-back. For sure. That's why football's a different animal, and I think for that reason, Cleveland kind of get the short end of the stick.
1: Yeah, I mean, combined COVID and, and everything that's happening... The fact that they got to play a team back-to-back. They've struggled offensively over the past four or five weeks. I don't know if this is in their favor. I'm going to—look, I'm going to—the Lions, Steelers, minus six. So I would take the Browns at plus six, but I still think the Steelers take a by-field goal.
0: Yeah, I mean, mind you, the score of last week's game was 24-22 Cleveland, and they had Mason Rudolph starting. Yeah. So that in itself isn't a good thing. Like I said, Cleveland's got to be complete. But I'm going to take the upset. I'm going Cleveland Browns wow. by a field goal. I okay. think all these games will be very close.
1: Yeah. This is shaping up to be an incredible Super Bowl Car Weekend. I can't wait.
0: Brandon and I are excited for next Tuesday. All right? Brandon and I will be making an appearance. We're going to get interviewed on the Falco Takeaway on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. It's going to be a fun time. We'll be in there, join in with the boys ask some questions, talk sports. It'll, be, can't great. Wait. It'll can't be great. Can't wait. It'll be great. Can't wait. And it's going to be a great year ahead of us. A lot of things in store. Uh, <laughs> listen to Desolate, Louisville Slugger, streaming on all platforms. We love our sponsors. This was the Takes on Tap Show, sponsored and presented by Belly Up Sports not get out the park, Louisville slugger. Got a chick wearing crop top, nothing else under. Drop a gear, speed and pass. Finish first, burn rubber. Get your girl off of me, bro. No, I don't want her. Don't be talking to-